0: Hello everyone and welcome back to season two episode 49 of the Sports Run On podcast. We're gonna talk we're gonna start this podcast by talking about the MLB All Star Game, which is going to be happening tomorrow night. But before that MLB All Star game happens, the MLB home run derby is going to be tonight. This is very exciting because one of the premier one of the premier players who's who's absolutely going off the MLB right now is going to be playing at it. And that's Shohei Itani. He is a kind of what some people would call a new era, Babe Ruth, as he is going to be in the MO, He's going to be in the All-Star game as a pitcher and as a hitter, which for most people is it's absolutely unheard of because of just how hard. It, because most people, it takes so much time and effort to perfect one of their crafts, have it be either hitting or pitching, that it's really hard to be able to get to, especially get there, and get to the pros, and then be be able to perform at a high level with both of those things that are so complex because they these guys are so specific with the people with, with the mechanics that they have to make sure that they are at the top of their game in whatever specific thing, whatever specific part of the game, whether it be hitting or pitching, that they are doing, which is why to see someone who's able to be in the MLB and is able to now be an all-star it is pretty crazy to see this. There's going to be eight people in this in this home run derby bracket. Show Show, show against Juan Soto. Atani would be on the is on the Angels with Juan Soto being on the Washington Nationals. That is the one against the eight. The four against the five is Salvador Perez from the Kansas City Royals against Pete Alonso from the New York Mets. Now moving down to, to two versus seven spot, we have Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers against trevor story from the colorado rockies and then to round out the these eight guys who are going to be playing this we have the three against six matchup which is matt Olson from the oakland a's against trey mancini from the baltimore orioles those are going to be your eight guys that are going to be competing in this home run derby I'm very excited as I, as the home run derby is obviously one of my favorite events of the entire MLB season. I think it's just very fun to watch these guys hit the way that they do. And I think that it's going to be crazy seeing Otani be able to see if he can keep up the hitting as he has had a crazy amount of home runs up to this point with 33 home runs, which is first in the MLB, which is absolutely crazy. I think that's absolutely crazy to have a pitcher with 33 home runs. I just, I think that's crazy i said, but I just, I think it's crazy that, as I said before, that there's somebody who's able to perfect their craft to the point where they can be leading. They can have a great ERA. Like he's like most people, then they, some people might be like, oh, he's a good, yeah, he pitches. But does that mean like he's a great, like, does that mean that he has a, like a very, very talented pitcher? Does that mean he pitches and he also hits primarily? No, he is crazy. His ERA is arguably better. His pitching is arguably better than his hitting, and he leads the MLB in home runs hit this year with 33, which is just absolutely crazy to me. So, which is why I think without a doubt he's going to win this home run derby. I think there's a reason he's going as the one seed, and I think that without a doubt he's going to be winning this home run derby. I think it's going to be close and I argue I think honestly that it's going to honestly probably come down to him and I think it will probably come down to him and Joey Gallo. I've seen Joey Gallo on the Texas Rangers is there he's a very incredible hitter. Like he's been he's been there a couple he's been in the All-Star game a couple times, like he's a very talented hitter, which is why I think that without a doubt he's going to be the biggest threat to Otani to be able to for to if there's anybody that can stop Otani from winning this home run derby. I mean and I don't know if he possibly can. I think that he's going to be the one that can make it close. But do I think that is going to actually be able to, like, actually? Do I think he's actually going to be able to hold with Otani, or do I? Th- I think that the for maybe the first part of the home run derby he's going to. But I think when it gets down to the final round, the fatigue is going to final is going to start to set in with Gallo and these other guys, such as Perez and Matt Olson, which is going to end up being the reason because I think Otani has just shown that. With his multiple, multiple home run games, that he is very conditioned about hit home runs for a long time. So I think, without a doubt, he is going to be. And for most people, I think it's like kind of, and some people say it's kind of an obvious, like dumb, because he's like, he's done so much and he's been so consistent. It hasn't really, like, 33 home runs, you have to be consistent. If you want 33, like, he's on pace for a 66 home run season, which is just absolutely insane by anybody's standards. Like, it's like, like, um, Barry Bonds, whenever he was on like like steroids, crazy like that's it's just it's crazy the ability that it's it's crazy the possibility that he has with having this many home runs hit this early in the season, which is why I feel like this is just a big component that's shown that he, without a doubt, it's not the fact just that he can hit home runs, it's the fact that he is shown. That he can hit them consistently over a period of time, which would then result in in um, him being able to be the front runner for the to be able to win this home run derby. That's what this then the with the he would also uh, then the crazy thing about this is he will also be playing in the home run der, in the All Star game tomorrow, and at Coors Field in in Colorado. Now moving on to tennis, tennis the Wimbledon I've talked about Wimbledon on these podcasts multiple times. The finals were this weekend. As Ashley Barty beat Carolina Pliskova in a winning 6-3, losing the second set on a tiebreaker 7-6, and then coming back to win the, the best out of three, the tiebreaker, which was for Wimbledon, 6-3. This is who I did predict to win this game. I think without a doubt, she was um, definitely the favorite. Being, I think there was a reason for I says for her and Djokovic. I think without a doubt, watching what I have of the Wimbledon throughout this entire tournament, I think there was without a doubt there was you could see compared to these other athletes why they were number one, why they were the top pick, why they they were the top seed in this Wimbledon tournament, and I think that they just came out and showed it. With that said, now moving on to the men's side, you have, as I said, Novak Djokovic. He was also able to, he was also able to win his sets against against Matno Bertini, which a lot of, some people thought that, that was actually going to push him and give him a chance to be. They're actually going to push him to see if he's going to be able to win this tournament or not. He was able to. He ended up bl- I also. Both of these guys did lose a set. Neither of them were able to go in straight sets, but they both lost the set on a tiebreaker with. In the women's, Barty losing hers in the second of three sets and Novak losing his in the first of four sets. He lost the first one tiebreaker 7-6 to Bertini. I feel like a lot of people at that time are like, who knows, maybe Bertini is actually going to be able to do this. He was not able to. Novak would would come back and be able to show why he is number one in the world and why some would argue he's the best Male tennis player that we've seen in generations, which is why he'd come back, lose the first set seven six, come back, and then win the sets six four, six four, six three to then be able to take home the Wimbledon crown. This is his 84th career singles title, which is just absolutely insane to me. He's won one doubles title and 84 different singles titles. Like, he's just absolutely insane to me. It just shows that he is like one of the top in his sport without a doubt, especially when it comes to men's. Like, he is it's just crazy. To see someone who, as I was talking about, just like Otani, and with going back to baseball, how like consistency, consistency in pro sports, no matter what sport you talk about, is the hardest thing to come by. It's so hard to be consistently at the top of your game in these big tournaments over and over, no matter what sport it is—baseball, uh, golf, basketball. It just doesn't matter what it is. But so to see him do this and be able to consistently do this decades at a time is just pretty incredible to see him do this. On Barty's side, this was her 12th career singles title. She had obviously has not been around for as long as Djokovic has, so this was obviously a bigger thing for her. She's won 12... 12- 12 career singles titles and 11 career doubles titles, which was still pretty good. She's 20, 287 and 100, so she is absolutely, she's still very skilled in, in singles with, with a record of 287 and 100. That's her overall record in singles. With Djokovic's overall record in singles being 968 wins and 195 losses, which for me is just absolutely crazy for him specifically to have that many wins and just to, for a lot of them to be in straight sets. Like, like him not really even leaving a lot of doubt. Winning a, a lot of different tournaments that he's won over these years have been, like, there hasn't really even been a question. Like, he has literally won them in straight sets. Like, it, it's not like he's taken them, like Bardi was taken to the last set. Like, there aren't people that are taking him to the fourth or fifth set. Like, if he loses a set, he then comes back, as I said, and wins three straight sets. Like, there's... No question of who, of how good he is, because even if you are able to get that one set, where you're able to win on a tiebreaker or be able to win it without a tiebreaker, he's still going to be able to come back and win. And and after that, most likely be have the have the ability to beat you in straight sets just because of how good he is. Now moving on to the NBA, the Bucks did end up winning Game Three last night on Sunday. They were they were going to make this game two-one in a series that a lot of people thought was going to be swept. I, I think it's crazy. I watched this game, and I think it's crazy that the Bucks were able to do what they were able to do. I mean, yes, it did. a lot of people say, yeah, but it came with Giannis having to score 41-13. Is, is he going to be able to do that for as many games as he's going to have to? I don't think he's going to, which is why I still think it's going to be either a five- or six-game series win for the Suns just based on the fact that I don't think Giannis is going to be able to hold up. And play the way he, the play he, I mean, he's played these last couple of games this exact same way, drop, being able to drop these 40 point games, which is pretty incredible by him. But with this said, it's still, they're still going to have to, he's going to have to do this for, what would it be? Well, three, yeah, three more straight games for them to be able to even have a chance to win these NBA finals. Yeah, I do think, obviously, no, he's going to deny it. it was huge for them to not go down 3 0 and be and like, like the, um, uh, Montreal Canadiens went down to Tampa Bay Lightning in the, in the NHL finals, which I also talk about in a, uh, in a podcast, um, I think it was a week or two back. So going, I, it was huge for them to be able to not go down um, 3-0, because that just would have been absolutely devastating for them and their confidence going forward. So I think that was absolutely huge for them not to go down 3-0. But with that said, there, there's still a lot of work to be done with still trying to have a bigger team and more of a team built around Giannis. For them to for them to actually have a legitimate chance at this not being uh, them not them not having winning this game, getting all this, and then next game they come back down to earth, lose two straight, and are end up losing the series anyway, just like a lot of people predicted. The next game is in Milwaukee. I think this is huge if they can come back and tie the series, winning both in Milwaukee. I think this is going to be a huge confidence boost. They did end up winning this game by 20, which is a pretty crazy win to have to be able to beat this very talented Suns team by 20 and hold them to, to just 100, which is pretty low for the scoring power that they have. So I think that's a very big and positive sign for the Bucks defensive-wise, but I still think that this next game of walking is even bigger because I feel like you're, if you can get this back to even, the Bucks are really going to start believing that they have a legitimate chance to win this title against the Suns, which a lot of people thought they were going to get swept or maybe even lose this in five games at the most. With that said, this wraps up Season 2, Episode 49 of the Sports Run On Podcast.